0: Live at Night is the name of the show. I'm your host, Mesh Africa for the babies. Thank you so much for choosing us as your companion. Last week, you heard our conversations, uh, our conversation rather, uh, when we spoke about uh, masculine fragility. The conversation continues that now. Toxic masculinity is birthed from male fragility, but uh, how can we redefine masculinity? Can we redefine masculinity? Can we redefine it to being positive? Mm. Some of the questions um, I'm asking, and also how do we go about redefining it? I'm joined again by Nolo Azi journalist and gender rights activist, as well as Rilubone Reranzui, Africa writer and editor. Ladies, thank you so much for your time again. Welcome to Live at Night on 5FM. How do you do? Hi, Hi thank, thank, you.
1: thank you for having it's us. Thanks this is so the only time
0: you. I will I will ask a general question And not address you by your name So thank you so much I had to check you that you were both there So Rileboni, um, let me start with you Defining masculinity
1: mm-hmm.
0: Redefining masculinity Is that something that is possible in your opinion?
1: It's not only possible It has to happen Because the way that things are We cannot continue like this Because the masculinity as it stands um, have very real consequences for the world, for women, for how things are in our country, especially a country like South, like South Africa. So it has to happen.
0: Mm-hmm. um, um Nolozi, can we have a conversation about masculinity and uh, remove femininity?
1: Um, yeah, I think it's actually um, important to do so because I think that if we need to understand um, masculinity and femininity as individual things on their own before we understand them as things that are interrelated with one another. And I'll tell you why I say this yeah. simply because, um, women. Or femme people, people who are are feminine, are often viewed from a very uh, masculine and manly gaze. And that's part of the problem, right? Uh, You're able to Mm. objectify women if you view them from a male gaze. And so I think that it's important for us to, when we're redefining and thinking about what masculinity is, to look at masculinity in and of itself and what yeah. issues make masculinity toxic, et cetera, and then look at femininity in of, of itself before we look at how it is that they interrelate to to one another. I think that would be the safest way to go about it. Mm.
0: You know what, why I asked that question? Because I find, like, you know, when you when you talk about masculinity, you're talking about, like, all these things, like confidence, overpowering, and like in your face right and and when you speak about femininity it was like ah let's find all the opposite of those things but those are not the way and how people are built is it why do we then believe when you know you define masculinity to be these things it's something that people ascribe to and i'm asking you no by the way
1: well you see, the, the thing is, obviously, yes, people are not built that way. The the differences in the ways that uh, people of different genders behave is as, is not as a result necessarily of biological factors, but more of a result of the social and societal construct that says this is what to be a boy is, this is what to be a girl is, this is what to be a woman and a man, etc. It's all societally. Co- constructed so even the idea that boys will be boys and boys are automatically more active than girl children is is fundamentally not true in a biological sense. Right, children can be active if you don't feed them certain messaging about how they're supposed to behave, um, and so this this becomes and so femininity is not necessarily the opposite of masculinity, and that's part of of the reason of looking at femininity um, as an appendix or an appendage to masculinity, which allows mm-hmm. men to, to, to view women as an appendage to them, as an addition to them. And this is why you find messaging such as, um, you know, what if she was your mother, your sister, your wife, mm. etc.? When we're having conversations around gender-based violence, because men then mm. struggle to view women as human beings that are not attached mm. to them. The problem is mm. you—you're not supposed to be violent towards women, not because they are you're attached to a man uh, via some kind of relation, but because they are human beings. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's why mm. you—in the ways in which we—the the two ideas of femininity and masculinity interact right now creates a problem because that's the way that it's set up
0: i've got a whatsapp voice note um uh, that i want us to listen to and uh we'll get into the the next questions let's let's go to the 5fm whatsapp line and, and hear what we got hi smash it's corin here from durban hi um on the subject of masculinity i think the problem comes in Was when in the olden days, women are considered the fairer sex, not the weaker sex, although we are obviously physically weaker, but we have our own minds and our own opinions. And while it is very nice for a man to stand by our side and to be protective, it has to be the woman's choice. You cannot make a decision for the woman and I think that is what masculinity should be defined as as standing by your partner and one strength should complement the other so where a woman is is nurturing and loving and forgiving a man is practical and strong and confident and those two should actually benefit each other one should not dominate the other in any regard women are not better than men and men are not better than women we are parts of a whole so ladies when you hear a whatsapp voice note like that i i i love it and i love the fact that she's thinking that way but to to me it's it sounds like she's only a few you know no Releboni, mm-hmm. actually um, Releboni, let, let yeah. me start with you when you hear when you hear that voice no what do you say to it and and, and uh, to the points that she brought up do you agree with some do you disagree with her
1: I think it's a little bit narrow because first of all it's only considering masculinity in the framework of heterosexual relationships um, we mm. need to understand that we can't define masculinity according to um how men should behave in relationships because first of all then what happens to heterosexual men who choose not to be in romantic relationships but also what mm. then happens to relationships um, trans relationships homosexual relationships what do we say about that you know we can't say mm. that just because you are standing by someone it makes you a man or makes you not a man and I think we will be a lot more free if we begin to think of definitions of masculinity that has to do more with the individual and what they want to define themselves as, as opposed to saying, you know, you have to do this or you have to not do that because it's restrictive. Um, identity, mm. gender identity, we have to completely rethink it, uh, because a lot of our, a lot of the things that happen when we think about gender identity are very restrictive and don't take into account a person's personality, their destiny, their choices, their likes, their dislikes, you know what I'm saying um, mm. and the fact that those things are are largely not important they're not central to a person's identity as such
0: mm. now also, with can I what just you jump just... in
1: there quickly smash? Um, I I, I want to point something out. Uh, I completely agree with her around this idea. So we need to begin to think around masculinity, femininity, outside of romantic relationships, and in particular the the heterosexual setup. But uh, another thing that's quite important for me from that voice note is this idea of two parts of a whole, right? And this idea that women are nurturing and caring and men are smart and logical, etc. So the first thing is that men are not more logical than women. What's just happened is that part of our lexicon as human beings is that women's emotions is called hysterical and emotion and men's emotion is called logic um, and that's simply a function of gender roles and, and this understanding of masculinity and femininity that needs to stop because we we, we all have emotions and we, are, we all have the ability to be logical and so it's these ideas of women are and men are as opposed to mm. people and human beings can be that are part yeah. of the issue that we're dealing with right and so when I when I come and, and you see me smash and you meet me as a woman who is not nervous um or nice or, or, or whatever other a, a, a messaging you've been told about what womanhood is supposed to be, then it becomes jarring. And that's where sort of, you know, it's the way in which patriarchy reproduces itself. So it's this mm-hmm. idea of women need to be protected, right? By these strong mm. men, but what are they being protected from? These other men who are aggressive, mm. who are aggressive, and why are they aggressive? Because masculinity says that uh, manhood has to have this aggression, and so it becomes this vicious cycle. And you need, and, and even when we say well-meaning things like women are nurturing, we're perpetuating that that cycle. And I wanted to point that out because it's a it's a mm. perfect example to show how insidious it is and how normalized mm. it has become
0: and that's also another thing about the normalization of things now let's now let's talk about is masculinity in itself negative and we have normalized the negative it comes with and so we are not going to redefine it we're just going to let it be and that's for both you ladies really you can go first
1: masculinity as it stands right now is negative uh i think what we need to understand about all kinds of definitions is that a lot of the time they're invested in power. Um, to make it easier to understand, let's think about race. Race in and of itself is not a biological fact. It's true that there are people who have melanin and those who don't. There are varying degrees of melanin in, in, in people's bodies. But the fact of race is a construct, which does not mean that it doesn't have real consequences for our lives, but it does mean that we give it power because um, obviously of the history of colonization and slavery and all of those things, but in and of itself, it's not a biological fact. Um, but there mm. are power dynamics that are involved in making it a thing. And as it stands, it is harmful. So when you think about masculinity and the, and the, and the history of um, gender and how it's been uh, more expedient for men to uh, uphold this idea of masculinity, as, you know, men participate in the public space, men are logical, men do all of these things, uh, and women are relegated to the domestic space. And you have to realize that masculinity, when we're talking about that, we're talking about power structures. So it doesn't work mm-hmm. to redefine it unless we can say, um, why are men invested in keeping this power going? And for men to begin to say, if we lose this power... Does it strip away the essence of who we are? And also to realize that it's important that you lose that power because the imbalance of these gender roles um, disadvantages everybody who's not a straight male. So uh, it has to be redefined. It has to be looked at again. And only then can we begin to say it's not in and of itself uh, a bad thing or negative. Mm.
0: Is there is there anything you'd like to add, N- Nolwazi, extra so to what, what she I said because I, I yeah, heard you agree? I, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree a lot with what Lilavanti says, but I think that this is where our sort of thinking kind of diverges a little bit, which which I love. Mm. And my, my thing is, I would say that mes, masculinity, so things that are socially constructed, can be deconstructed, right? or can be it's can true. be changed and can be um, understood in certain ways, and so. I think it's important for me to kind of to, to say that I don't think that masculinity as a whole is toxic, even though the the permutations and, and the manifestations of it that we see right now mostly are. And the reason why I say that is that I think that we can definitely look to the to the queer community and our community in terms of what would masculinity look like if it was less toxic. Right. And look at the way that men, the positive the positive and sort of healthy ways that masculinity can and does manifest itself Within the queer community, right? Because part of the, of the great thing that happens in the queer community as well as the deconstruction of gender. And so we also understand as queer people that masculinity does not only belong to men and boys, just like femininity does not only belong to women and girls. And then this becomes mind blowing, right? But this ex- allows for us to expand our ideas of what masculinity is and therefore what manhood is and can become and stretch it in that way. And so they really I think um quite quite positive uh reflections and manifestations of masculinity in particular uh within the queer community. And I also think that, you know, there 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 there's there's a lot of work by by the likes of Dr. Cupano Ratele uh that speaks to how it is that we can um re envision and reimagine masculinity um to a more human and 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 positive kind of of experience and manifestation now before
0: i even um as i said i wanted you to simmer on that question on how we can go about explaining or redefining you know masculinity to a simple person listening or a man on the street but i can tell you this as a as a as a as a as a man man i think the che- the teaching that i got as a boy was hella confusing you know what i mean because on on mm-hmm. one end on one end like i was brought up by my dad like a single father right who was very much present but yet uh um he was also married a few times you know and and mm-hmm. usually you like how that person is viewed in society is 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 different and like what you are taught out in the streets about men being there for their kids is like what you guys don't have your dads like what do you mean you know what a boy is supposed to do and how I was taught and how to treat women but do you think in your in your humble opinion that in fact we are confused on the topic of masculinity its definition and how we are brought up um I'll go first of all
1: what if my opinion is not humble I'm kidding it is
0: um, <laughs> say say it with your chest
1: <laughs> no I'm kidding I think um, it's because masculinity as it stands for a lot like when we talk about hegemonic masculinity like traditional masculinity um, a lot of the things that it expects of men are unrealistic you know men themselves cannot live up to you know those things, so it ends up being confusing, of course, because it also goes against the nature of men um things like men are not supposed to feel, men don 't do vulnerability, they don 't do emotions, they don 't do care, you know all of those things limit a person and how much they're actually able to be a human being um, because, as you're saying, you know there's a lot of people, especially in the South African context, who grow up without their fathers, and you find that a lot of the time the fathers do want to be there for their children, but they don 't even know how because. They've been stunted emotionally. They don't have that side of them that's been developed. Um, and so we have a lot of men walking around with stunted emotional growth, not knowing how to reach out, be truly, you know, human and fully human, uh, because they haven't had to be those things, because society doesn't expect that of them. And in fact, you know, gives them a part when it comes to those things. Mm. Nolo um. Sure. So you've you've thrown a lot of concepts at us here, tonight. So I'm just trying to think which one I want to go. I want to go with. Uh, <laughs> I think for me, let me, okay. So let me let me talk about this one. I think in in terms of talking around masculinity and, and toxic masculinity, um, I mean we talk a lot about the emotional stunting of men, right? So the ideas that men do not know how to. Um, Navigate things like kindness, like e- e- emotional quotient, emotional immaturity, and whatnot. But I think maybe a, 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 a simpler way, a simplistic way to talk about a masculinity that, um, you know, is, is toxic in its manifestation would be the idea around uh, an identity. If your identity is invested in the oppression of another human being, right? Mm-hmm. Or your identity mm-hmm. is invested in in existing above another human being. So this, this would apply to race and, and, and definitely to, to gender. I think that becomes part of the problem. And so if your idea of who you are as a man is invested in there being a woman that will exist as your neck or as your, as your appendage, um, then, then you need to relook at how you are conceptualizing your identity as a man because it rests on someone being subject to you and that is a problem because all human beings inherently have value and all human beings are inherently yeah. um, equal and I think that for me that would be the simplest way to look at it so um, how are you a man if there is no woman in the room if there is no woman in the country or in your space at all if women are to choose to exist how is it that you are a man and how does that manhood then manifest itself and to begin to think of of, of yourself in that way. And I just also wanted to add to Lelibona's point, you know, there was some brilliant research done by the University of Johannesburg a couple of years ago on the absent father crisis, which we discussed in the last episode with you, Smash, and a number mm-hmm. of the fathers who were not involved in their children's lives, the majority of them, uh, part of the reason why they weren't involved was because they felt as though they could not provide for their children because of the socio-economic uh, situation under which they live. And this is very painful and it's really what Rilevon is speaking to that men don't understand themselves as anything outside of providers. And so you have men wait, who wait, then wait, abandon wait, 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 their children.
0: Hold it, hold it on that thought. Uh, i got to take a quick break. Uh, I'm sorry to cut you off. We won't play music. We'll just come back straight after this. Yes, um, ma'am, we are back on Live at Night on 5 FM. Thank you so much for choosing us as your companion. Uh, Nolozi was in the middle of a point uh, where she was speaking about the research recently done by UJ on absent fathers in South Africa. You can go ahead, ma'am.
1: So this, this this research basically found that a great majority of the men that abandon their children do so because they, they, they do not have the financial means, at, according to their feeling, to properly uh, provide for their kids. And they feel almost like ATM dads, where their role as a father is just, Th- those financial means. And I was saying that that mm. speaks to what Le Bon is saying in terms of how men conceptualize themselves and their place in the world. And so these men are cut off from their children um, and their families simply because they don't have money, because they don't understand themselves as fathers outside of being a provider, whereas a father can be a caregiver as well. And this is where the gender roles become really, really, you know, damaging because that that child needs a caregiver, as much yeah. as the financial, um, you know, responsibility and resources are important, the child does need the father to be there as a caregiver as well, beyond just the financial means. And so there are also some children who grow up in, in households where both parents are there, but the primary caregiver is the mother, and so the father is still absent in the child's life, and they're under mm. the same roof. And this is a you know the absent present the idea. The absent the absent yeah.
0: present parent. Yeah, that's what you're talking yeah. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. yeah. yeah. And, it, and, and it's, it's a direct result of the ideas that we have around masculinity, manhood, who's supposed to take care of children, why and what, and, and what that means, you know. And all of this then bleeds into stuff like the workplace and the, the different mm-hmm. things. And, and essentially what this does is it says that any work that is deemed Feminine work that is deemed woman's work uh, becomes undervalued in society, right? Whereas anything that is deemed men's work um, becomes uh, inflated and overvalued in society, and that leads to problems. Yeah.
0: Ish. We need solutions now, ladies. What you just <laughs> said, we gotta, you know, redefine it and and conceptualize. I, I said, like, just just explain it to a to a person on the street, like, you know, because uh I feel like we are very here in in this space on radio we us having this conversation um we we are progressive in our approach and how we see the human race you know um yet many around us do not have the same lens and all we are just doing is having discussions like this to impart or share these lenses that are available for you to use and not allowing mediocre and toxic behavior or ways of living and 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 accepting them as they are if you like so how do we go about saying this to 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 a young person as well as an old person listening to to us right now in terms of redefining masculinity where can we start And how do we get involved?
1: I think it has to start with men having the same energy that they have for, you know, um, participating in traditions like in the context of black men, like um, going to the mountain Mm. and all of that stuff, having the same energy to participate in those kinds of things as they do in participating in rethinking what it means to be men. And... Um, I see a lot on, you know, conversations just with like my cousins and people on Twitter, people say, oh, women don't want to have this conversation. They're not ready to have this conversation. And I'm always like, we've been having these chats. These are not new chats to us. What men need to do is to open their eyes to the fact that these are conversations that have been happening. You don't have to reinvent the wheel to participate in rethinking masculinity and being a man. All you need to do is open your eyes to the conversations that have been happening, to be humble about the fact that you don't know, um, but also to understand that you know more than you think you do because Mm -hmm. everybody who engages in any kind of uh, gender role understands what they gain from it and what they lose from it so the moment Mm. that you talk about what being a man is you know what you gain from being a man is even if you look at you know the simple things of uh when you're at home and it's a huge family affair christmas time you know everybody kind of relegates themselves to what the men do what the women do already you begin to see that we have an understanding of what is expected of us you know um according to society so what we need to do is interrogate. Why do I participate in that? What's the reasoning mm. behind doing all of those things? To think really intentionally mm. about the things that you participate in, what you do, and not just to kind of mindlessly do them because of what it always has always been done. And also, I think a big, big thing for men needs to be accountability. Men don't have mm. accountability. Talk about yourself, you know. Talk about your emotions. Talk about more than just, you know, you, I mean, you guys are expert at going in detail about your favorite tournaments, La Liga, and all of the stuff. You guys know the 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 number of your favorite player and their history, where they grew up, their their parents, their religions, all of that mm. stuff. So you have an appetite for searching and researching and finding out about things, and you need to have the same mm. energy in. Having an appetite about what is accountability, how do I begin to be a person who's accountable for my actions and for also my brother's actions because that will begin to give us a society in which men cannot be rapists because it's going to be called out from the little thing like a uh, like a joke about rape or. Cat calling a woman on the street or speaking sideways about a woman, you know, from the little actions all the way up to the big actions, it's going to be something that's called out. So, accountability for me is a huge, huge thing that's lacking for men. And I think that if you don't think of anything else, just think of how can I be more accountable to my guy frames. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um smash so I think that Libone has covered a lot of of you know the the, the men thing so i'm i 'm really going to focus on boys, especially because i 'm doing quite a lot of work with children right now, so they 're really front of mind for me. I think it 's very important for us to to teach boys about kindness, right? About mm. how to be kind and how to receive kindness. I think that it's important for us to teach boys around emotion. Um, what mm-hmm. is healthy, what, what is in a healthy emotional range so that different emotions don't all show up as aggression and anger and what, you know, what an appropriate uh, emotion for a certain situation is. Uh, we need to teach boys about caring for other people and other human beings outside yeah. of themselves. So for example, in little girls are given dolls and given those dolls to care for at a young, a young age which in itself is, is problematic but there's a, there's a nurturing and caringness that, that is taught there that is important for community, for humanity as a whole and I think that we need to teach little boys, how to, boys and young men how to care for others right, mm-hmm. um, beyond caring for themselves. I also think that it's, it's important to listen to boys, right, because I think mm. boys, in particular black boys, are, are, teach, um, are treated as adults far, like, much earlier than they actually are, right, because of part of the ideas that we have around um, masculinity and race, etc. And so I think that it's important to listen to boys, listen to them when they express themselves, their emotions, their frustrations, etc., instead of um, teaching them not to be emotive and express and, 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 and express themselves. So I think that it's important to also listen to boys because you also teach people how to listen to other people by listening to them. And so part of you know, the advice that's coming from Roliboni as well is about listening to women and listening to people of marginalized identities. But how are these men supposed to know that if they weren't listened to as boys? So I mm. think that that's, that's, that's really um, an important thing for us to, to think about. And I'm going to hop on, on the accountability and you know the idea that i picked i pitched in, in our last conversation smash about the fact that all men exist on this all of us like all men exist on the spectrum of violence on the spectrum of toxic masculinity simply because of socialization not because all men are bad people but all men have grown up in a patriarchal society and that's just the reality so it's not mm. a matter of who's most patriarchal or who's most violent it is who is violent, who is not. It's who more violent and less violent on like this it's almost like this cascading scale. And when we begin to understand ourselves in that way, we, we understand how we all uphold the system in the small things and in the big things. So in terms of small practical things, the accountability becomes very important. You need to stand up for women. You need to re- do your research and learn instead of expecting women to do all the work. And, you know, every August, it's always women on the radio and on the television and on the whatnot. And mm. I, th- I hope we get to a point where it's men who are having these conversations with the level of depth of knowledge that we as women put into it, right? So not just coming onto 5FM to... to give you uneducated opinion. We put in a lot of work to be able to hold the opinions that we do, not just lived experience, but actual, you know, um, learning work. And I think that that's important as well. Um, so for men to do that and to hold the men in their circles accountable. If you have a friend who is a rapist, I do not understand how you expect women to trust that you are a good man. Do you get what I'm saying? And men listen to other men more than they listen to to women and men need to really begin to have serious and honest conversations amongst themselves about their behavior and hold each other accountable and work out structures on how to do that because uh women have been doing much of the work and we can't anymore
0: Mm -hmm. thank you so much ladies for that i really appreciate it and um uh, while we're on that like i'd also like to just invite um, the male listener to say when we talk about toxic masculinity we are not attacking we are not vilifying it's it's actually allowing ourselves to actually face it head on and speak to what is wrong with our society because after all we all are part of it So it's not, it's not an attack. And and speaking of um, uh, not attacking, next week, uh, we'll be talking about the gender neutral world. Because at the end of the day, we need to cover these topics. And and like my guest touched on, uh, specifically Nolwazi, um, the amount of research uh, that they have done, um, um, the amount of work that they have done around this uh, conversation and this topic is not one that we are going to put on for the sake of a campaign but giving you real facts and actually allowing you to introspect and question why you believe certain things and you're like but they don't make sense but yet i'm still practicing them so thank you so much ladies i really appreciate it um, i really appreciate your time i appreciate your knowledge your insights and all the expertise that you bring to the fore um, on national radio and the good news is that this conversation does not end here you can find it online by simply going on fatherfame.co.za click on the catch tab and you can share it with so many people and it will allow for the conversation to to keep on going and hopefully in the near future we won't be doing um, just that, because it's Women's Day, we are bringing women issues to the fore. We can also speak about ourselves as being a problem and looking for solutions. And, um, you know, often the solutions that we want are in front of us. We have the solutions. So, Noloazi Tusini, I appreciate you. Relebona Raranzu, Africa, I also appreciate you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank
1: you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Good night.
0: Good night.